are we doing everybody thanks for catching up on replay appreciate you all hope we're having a good day hope we're having an awesome start to your week sorry for the delay i'm about 12 minutes late but welcome to book review of Brene brown's elite uh, dare to lead so let me just send a couple of invites get people joining our conversation and one of these days facebook will have an invite all but until then You'll have to bear with me, just filling a bit of time. So I've already had a couple of people message me saying, hey, have you been live? Because I uh, can't find your stuff. No, I was uh, a little bit preoccupied talking with the awesome Craig McHugh. So my bad, no excuses. I'm going to hands up. Yeah, I was having a good time. Yeah, I was enjoying my talk with Craig. Sorry that uh, that's meant that I'm a little bit late to come see you guys, but couple of invites going out um, and there we go that'll do we've got on a couple of people how are we doing Sophie's on Bill's on sorry to keep you waiting Sophie my bad as I said I was just having a bit of a chat with uh, with Craig McHugh um, awesome to catch up with him haven't spoken to him for a little while um, yeah so here we are so um, Basically, what I'm going to do tonight is a book review of Brene Brown's Dare to Lead. Um, and the reason I booked the, the, in this Monday is because for two, two or three things. One is I hadn't quite finished it yet. So I thought a bit of accountability, um, put it in really soon and it would force me to, um, to finish the, the book. So I'm pretty much nearly done. I've got about 15 minutes left on the audiobook. Um, secondly, um, I would have the habit of, I don't like to say perfectionism, but because I want to add you guys as much value as possible, um, I am prone to wanting to develop, what's up Craig? Uh, I'm prone to develop it, you know, I must do a lesson plan for you, I want to give you some structured objectives and <laughs> I don't need to do that for tonight because a book review uh, is all about just sharing what I thought about the book, my learning, um, what inspired me. Haley, what is up? You'll be going to bed soon, won't you? Up at 6am. Um, yeah, so, so to overcome that perfectionism trait, which I don't tend to have usually, but as I say, I want to add you as much value as possible. I've booked this session in as early as possible, giving me limited time to think about what I'm going to say. Um, because actually I want this to come from the heart around just what I think and feel about the book. So here we go. Brene Brown, Dare to Lead. Um, brave work, tough conversations and whole hearts. Daring greatly and rising strong at work. Now, um, I'm a big fan of, of TED Talks, TEDx Talks. And, and Craig and I were just having a bit of a chat about TEDx a minute ago. Um, he will do one. Watch, mark my words, he will do one. And I will be a big fangirl in the crowd. Um uh, anyway, I digress. So, um, Brene Brown has got really, really um, famous TED Talk, particularly around vulnerability, and she speaks really well. And I've not actually read any of her books or anything like that. Um, and having listened to this book, having read this book, it's inspired me to probably want to go back and read some of her previous content because she references quite a lot of her previous work in the context of leadership. So this is a really good book to get to know Brene Brown as well. She references her Daring Greatly and Rising Strong books within the context of leadership, which I found 
really pretty awesome. Um, and the reason I believe those two books make sense in this Dare to Lead book and why it makes sense in a leadership capacity is because leadership is about people. People, people, people. That is why Daring Greatly and Rising Strong, which is all about people, is so relevant to Dare to Lead because leadership is about people. And I can't say that enough. Leadership is about people. Um, I've made a few little bookmarks um, and the one I didn't actually bookmark was Brene's definition of leadership, which probably would have been a, in hindsight, been a good place to start with. So I'm just going to just talk amongst yourselves whilst I, I try and find that. But anyway, the book opens up and it uh, opens up with a, a note from Brene Brown. And actually, do you know what? Within the first introduction, she got me hooked. And I was like, you are speaking directly to me. And she talks about, um, in Daring Greatly, she put in a quote um, from Theodore Roosevelt. And I want to read this because this, this is what people out there, like you and I, who want to be better versions of themselves, that are going to encounter people who are critics and naysayers, this is the sort of stuff that gives me... Oh, here you go. Theodore Roosevelt. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust, sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short and again and again, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst if he fails at least he fails while daring greatly. Basically, what that quote says to me is if you ain't trying to better yourself, then your opinion means nothing to me about me trying to better myself. Now, I needed to hear that at the very start of this book because, um, yeah, like, it's amazing. Like, you know, in my journey, and, you know, most of you will know, like, I came under a lot of, criticism judgment and scrutiny just by putting out this sense of wanting to be better than yesterday you know people made their own minds up around what I thought behind that and my values and actually do you know what unless you got sweat and blood on the, your face and you're in the journey of you know doing what you love and unless you're sat there being courageous and I'm just gonna have to uh, thank you for your opinion and say bye bye so anyway that's how it started, and I thought, wow, this is going to be epic, and it, and it really is. Um, and rather than me just sit here reading it, because no one wants to hear that, I'll just give you a bit of an insight into just the, you know, because we all look at the contents page, don't we? So it's all about what does a brave lead, what does it mean to be a brave leader, and how do we create courageous cultures? Um, she then talks about rumbling with vulnerability, and it talks about, you know, the myths of vulnerability. Um, how to be courageous, this sense of armoured leadership and how um, how to overcome that through daring leadership. Um, talks a little bit about shame and empathy. That's her research. That's her background. She knows that really well. She talks a little bit about curiosity, confidence, living into our values, braving trust and learning to rise. So that's, that's the contents. And um, let me just... Uh, I'll share with you the um, the definition of a, of a of leadership if I can find it if I can find it. But 
So if you've got any questions as we go, then then do let me know. When when people are, they are never the critic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because that's empathy. Empathy, you know, when you can empathise with other people's challenges, everyone goes a little bit quiet. So the thing I wanted to share with you first was, um, you know, leaders must either invest a reasonable amount of time attending... Yeah, leaders must invest a reasonable amount of time attending to fears and feelings or squander an unreasonable amount of time trying to manage ineffective and unproductive behaviour. Now, what this kind of really says to me is, do we actually show up as ourselves, our full selves at work? You know, because far, you know, too often, in, particularly in, in my industry, you know, the policing industry where... You know, we're built on courage and bravado and um, actually we we sometimes miss the ability to pay attention to what it means to be human, which is to feel the emotion. So, you know, she talks about showing up unarmored, which she calls wholehearted. Um, and it's actually what she talks a little bit about is engaging in our lives from a place of worthiness. It means cultivating the courage, compassion and connection to wake up in the morning and think no matter what gets done or matter how much is still to be done, I am enough. It's going to bed at night thinking, yes, I'm imperfect and I'm vulnerable and sometimes I'm afraid, but that doesn't change the truth that I am brave, worthy of love and belonging. Now, that might seem quite strange for a leadership book, but. I mean, there is some seriously deep stuff in this that is just absolutely incredible. Um, it talks about, you know, do we bring our whole self to work? You know, too many times we have cultures that, you know, reward what she calls armoured behaviour. You know, self-preservation. Not allowing yourself to be vulnerable. And, and sometimes that can stem back to, you know, the ways of our upbringings and... You know, don't cry. You know, I'm trying to be really, really mindful of, of how that kind of comes across at home. But, you know, the behaviours like that, what it basically says is do not honour and embrace your emotion. Um, which actually, when leadership is about people and humans are about emotion, if you want to be a great leader, start getting to grips with emotion. And, and that's what this book really, really is going to help you do. And and Craig will, will no doubt you know, be reading a bit about emotional intelligence at the moment and, and sometimes being aware of yourself is where it starts, you know. How I like to help my coaches, uh, coaches at the very start is by building self-awareness, by understanding how we think and feel in different situations. Um, so anyway, what questions have we got? What was my overall sense of personal feeling when I finished it? It was that actually it's a game changer. It's going to be a game changer for... Um, industries you know this this book um, articulates leadership in a way that I think and I feel because I'm very people orientated I believe leadership to be about um, compassion empathy I believe it to be about getting the best out of people and to be able to do that we first have to understand two things one we have to understand ourselves so that we can get the best out of ourselves and two we can understand others so that we can get the best out of others. Um, and, you know, anything that helps um, 
that agenda, and I think this book massively does, um, is on the right way for me. Uh, so look, I was never myself in corporate world. I've worked for fourteen years. Absolutely, Craig. Craig relates, and and that's it for me. It my biggest downfall in the last ten years of trying to be a leader was feeling and thinking and feeling like I had to be something else. You're absolutely right, Zach. You know the chef industry. You know chef industry. Um, another type of you know macho bravado hierarchical. Um, yeah, you'll you'll love this, mate. Um, and actually, oh, I forgot where I was going with it. Hey ho. Anyway, this is a page where she diagnosed armored leadership and daring leadership. So um, she got sixteen different traits. Sixteen different traits, um, and I'll and I'll just go through them. The armored leadership trait and then the daring leadership trait. Christine Saunders. Anyway, the trait one of armoured leadership is driving perfectionism and fostering fear of failure. The daring leadership version is modelling and encouraging healthy, striving, empathy and self-compassion. Empathy, self-compassion. Self-compassion in a leadership book. Who would have thought it? Hey, welcome to 2018. I love it. Number two, armoured leadership, number two, working from scarcity, squandering opportunities for joy and recognition. You know, that's kind of like, don't enjoy the success while, you know, it will soon disappear from you, you know, don't be too happy. We always seem to be working from this sense of uh, what if it all goes wrong. The antidote, the daring leadership position on that is practising gratitude, celebrating milestones and victory. Armoured leadership trait number three is numbing, you know, whether that be, um, I think she talks a lot about here around numbing the emotional experience using, um, whether it be drugs, whether it be alcohol, whether it be sex, whether it be a number of different things, um, you know, numbing the sense of emotion, whereas the daring leadership is to set boundaries and find real comfort. Again, there's, there's sections on each of these sections on each of these uh trait number four of armored leadership propagating the false dichotomy of victim or viking crush or be crushed we've all heard those people out there that talk about um you know crushing it killing it you know there's a there's a saying that i can't that's not quite on the tip of my tongue but you know eat or be eaten or something like that. god knows either way it's shite um, because the antidote to that is practicing integration practicing strong back soft front wild heart and this was a really really special part of the book i loved the way that she described strong back soft front wild heart now what that kind of says to me if i think back and reflect on i can't remember it in detail but strong back having the courage having the courage to say you know, having the courage to be accountable, to do the courageous things, even though you're nervous, even though you probably don't want to, to be held accountable, to, you know, to take criticism, to, to take the, the, you know, anything, you know, a strong back might say, you're going to protect people. Soft front, 
I'm open. Give me feedback. Let me be curious. Let me be vulnerable. In your presence, let me learn. Um, and wild heart. I guess that's getting curious to the emotions that you think that you feel. And then, you know, they talk about emotion is a feeling. And it's called a feeling because actually it presents physiological things in the body, whether it be heart rate, whether it be sweat, whether it be pulse or whatever it might be. You know, that's being able to honour that and to pay attention to those feelings, as it were. Um, number five, being a knower and being right is a trait of armoured leadership. We all know and know it all, don't we? Um, we never feel good enough in their presence. The opposite is being a learner. Being a learner and getting it right. So rather than being right, it's trying to do the right thing. You know, leadership isn't black and white. Leadership is grey. Leadership is being brave and courageous enough to do what you believe to be right. Um, you know, being open-minded to being several different ways of getting there. You know, but there's a, and this is the bit that she talks at the end with the the values section is, you know, if you're doing if you're doing the right thing, it ain't going to be easy. You know, it doing the right thing never is easy, but it's always the right thing to do. Number six, armored leadership is about hiding behind cynicism. We've all had that person in the in the uh, in the meeting room that's cynical of oh we've you know, recreating the wheel for example. It's cheap. It's nasty, it's easy. Um, the daring leadership trait is about modelling clarity, kindness and hope. Number seven is using criticism as self-protection. The antidote to that is making contributions and taking risks. Uh, number eight is using power over people. Using power over people. Ooh. The antidote to that is using power with, power to and the power within people. You know, leadership for me is all about inspiring, helping, developing, supporting people. You know, I serve them, not they serve me. And actually, if you are in a position of leadership right now where you believe that people, you've earned the right for people to serve you, then I'm afraid you've got it a little bit wrong because leadership for me is about you are there to use the power within others to help them, support them, guide them, develop them. Number nine, hustling for worth. Whereas the antidote is knowing our own value. Number 10, leading for compliance and control. I am the manager, you'll do as I say. Whereas the daring leadership is cultivating commitment and shared purpose. You know, we're all adults. We're all adults. We all want to feel like we belong. A sense of belonging and purpose. And you know, I'll give my time and energy and effort. Treat me like an adult. Don't give me fear and things to follow and control me. Because I'm not a chimp. Uh, number 12. Rewarding exhaustion as a status symbol. And attaching productivity to self-worth. Let me just say this again. And I don't know whether this is an overly common one, but this is something I can see a lot in my industry. Rewarding exhaustion as a status symbol. And attaching productivity to self-worth. The amount of times I've had it put on me to suggest that my worth is associated with my output. It's made me sick to my back teeth. And I now know that that is just 
armoured leadership. That is someone putting their broken thinking onto me. Because maybe it's their self-worth that's governed by the things that they can produce. Never taking a day off, turning up to work sick. As if being proud of that. I can relate to that a little bit. So I need to be careful. So that's my downfall. I definitely, I definitely pride myself on never having sick days or never being off sick. I need to start remodeling that thinking as it that I have the right. Um, I have to start modeling that to say that I do the right things to help me be in the right state for work. Because, yeah, I don't see it as a status symbol for sure. But yeah, a bit of a little bit of reflection as I'm talking. But the opposite to that is modelling and supporting rest, play and recovery. I can do more of that for sure. Modelling and supporting rest, play and recovery. Cool. Number 13 of Armoured Leadership, tolerating discrimination, echo chambers and fitting in culture. Because if you tolerate it, you get what you tolerate. My good friend Tony Robbins says you get what you tolerate. And if you're not brave enough and courageous enough to challenge um, the the rumour mill, the your face don't fit type stuff, then you're justifying it. Because the opposite of that, the daring leadership trait is cultivating a culture of belonging, inclusivity and diverse perspectives. Armoured leadership number 14 is collecting gold stars. I might need to reread this one. Collecting gold stars. Ah, daring leadership is all about giving gold stars. Yeah, I, I, I can give gold stars, easy peasy. Collecting gold stars. It's interesting, isn't it? We always, we'll, I guess we've always, we've probably all worked with that one person that is me over we. Me over we and, you know, think about that person right now for a minute. Do you trust them? When it comes down to it, if they got your back, would you do your best work with that person? Yeah, I've worked with a couple of them. The me's over the we's and... Yeah. Buses and shafted come to mind, but I'm happy to give gold stars. Definitely. Armoured leadership number 15, zigzagging and avoiding. Um, and I, I think what this basically means is just sidestepping, you know, being side zigzagging. It's almost like um, they talk about there is only way. Absolutely, my friend. Peace. Um, there is almost this sense of someone's aiming at you down a barrel, so you zigzag your way down there so they can't get a good shot on you. And that's basically what Brene talks about in terms of zigzagging the courage. You know, you're running away from doing the right thing, doing the brave thing for, you know. And I remember Patrick Lencioni uh, talked a little bit about this. He talks about um, sometimes faith groups can be the worst at this because they they, they associate um, being kind and 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 actually sometimes when they say oh we've you know old, old Mavis might say I've got a great idea for a coffee morning and all this and people go yeah yeah that's a great idea Mavis when someone in the back of their mind is thinking it's an awful idea Mavis it's an awful idea why would we do that but they zigzag because they don't want to hurt her feelings they say well done Mavis well, let's do that that's zigzagging you know that's not doing someone the disservice of doing the difficult thing in that moment which is what you genuinely think and believe and have that tough uh, courageous conversation so the antidote the daring leadership trait 
to avoid zigzagging, zag, zigzagging and avoidance is all about straight talking, taking action. Now I can be guilty of straight talking. Like there, there are times when um, I am so straight talking that people can get, I say people, gets offended. And I don't ever mean to offend people. You know, sometimes like, so here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. If put something on, like for a night out, and asks my opinion, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Am I going to say, yes, zigzag? Or am I going to go, do you know what? I'm not really sure that that goes with that. Um, You know, maybe this is a bit too much. Maybe, you know. Or, no, I don't think that one. I think that one looks better. Do this. And it's a case of, you get that instant look back as if to say, thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. You know, I just think, it takes courage on both parts to A, be straight talking, but B, to be in a position where you can hear that straight talking. Um, and that is where empathy and compassion can come in, 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 in knowing that the intent behind that conversation is simply meaningful. It, it's to mean well. I shall try and work, don't say it's too loud, I shall try and work on my softening of my delivery of straight talk. But sometimes, if, I, if I'm just honest with you, or... Because you're going to go out, right? And, you, and you're going to see those photos because they're going to go on Instagram, right? And when you look back in a year's time, you go, did I choose that? No, I'm going to help you avoid that because I'm going to give you my honest opinion. And if I'm giving you my honest opinion, hopefully that means you can trust me. That when I say you look awesome, you look amazing, I think you are incredible, that maybe you'll believe me. And maybe you'll trust me. Just maybe. Armoured leadership, trait number 16, is leading from hurt. Armoured leadership is leading from a position of hurt, vulnerability, and a sense of... Uh, I might need to read a little bit more around that, what it means. But the opposite is about leading from heart. It's about leading from a position where um, you're p- passionate, you're purpose. Let me just see what she talks about in the detail of, of this section. Um, hmm. Yeah, so here, her, she, she, she puts it in a, she's a bit of a potty mouth, is old Brene. So she talks about, um, actually, we can't just fill a self-worth gap by leading and using power over people, because that's not exactly what we need. To put it in simple terms, we work our shit out on people, and we can never get enough of what it is we're after, uh, because we're not actually addressing the real problem. So leading from hurt behaviours means that actually we're not actually valuing something in our lives. Leading from a position, <laughs> she's a potty mouth. Leading from a position of heart, we have to invest in our own fears, our own feelings. We have to be curious to our own blind spots. We have to pull that into view, and we have to commit to helping people serve, safe, and support. Yeah, lead with your heart. Lead with lead. Yeah. People, people, people. So yeah, that was the one of the main sort of bits I wanted to, to reflect on um, because it's a very, very powerful section, those 16 traits of armoured leadership and, and daring leadership. It's it's the 
main bulk of the book. And then part two towards the end talks a little bit about leading into your values. Now, your values exist whether you like it or not. There are things that are important to you and they will show up in, in ways in which you, you just can't imagine. Um, so there's this saying that we don't fall out with people, we just have a clash of values. So the more you can understand your own values, the more you're able to probably show a sense of empathy and compassion for the world around you and and uh, build better genuine relationships with people and yourself. So um, I shared that post with you guys um, in the community about the list of values. If you haven't seen it already, feel free to go back through and, and, um, and, and do that little exercise um, and, and just try and get clear on your values, really. It's a, it's a really valuable trait. Value valuables. Isn't it right, Sophie? Hashtag values leader. Sophie's a leader. Another thing that I found really, really uh, interesting concept that I'll take away from the book is this sense that integrity is choosing courage over comfort. You know, it's choosing what's right over what's fun, fast or easy. And it's practicing your values, not just professing them. Yeah, I love that. That was amazing. Um, it talks a little bit about the braving inventory. So things that you can do um, as a tool, as a toolkit to help you um, have better conflict and conversations and build trust, learning, curiosity with your teams. So some of there's seven elements and it's with the braving mnemonic. So it just talks a little bit about um, being clear on boundaries, um, being reliable, so doing what you say you'll do, uh, accountability, so owning your mistakes, apologising and making amends, the vault, which is not sharing experiences or information that are not yours to share you know, the rumour mill, the gossips. Um, integrity, you know, courage over comfort. Non-judgment, I can ask for what I need and you can ask for what you need. We can talk about how we feel without fear of judgment. We can ask each other for help without judgment. That's a powerful one. If you can really nail master that one down, I'm sure, um, yeah, you'll well be on your way to leading. Generosity, you extend the most generous interpretation possible to the intentions, words and actions of others. So that's pretty cool. Nice little toolkit, braving. Um, talks a little bit about self-trust. You know, first, we have to learn to trust ourselves and then learning how to rise. It's all about owning your story, being really clear on who you are, um, being really clear on some of the, the mindset funk that we go through, be clear on kind of what sort of things that we're telling ourselves and, you know, the stories that we make up in our own head and being, you know, being present, being mindful, being curious to our own thoughts and our own feelings because we have these emotions, we have these thoughts and we these feelings. The worst thing we can do is try and suppress them or try and judge them. You know, that's self-judgment. Am I, am I being as kind to myself right now, uh, now as I would to somebody else, you know? Are you being as self-compassionate to yourself as you would do to someone that you love? And if your answer to that question is no, then start to think about how you can be a bit more self-compassionate, um, how you can be a bit less judgmental with yourself, how you can be um, you know, a bit more curious as to where those feelings are coming from. And, and this is where the Be Real check-in comes in. So for those of you guys that have been doing the Depression to Extinction Be Real check-ins, this process is helping people 
get to grips with their emotions. It's holding a space, non-judgmental, that just says these are some of the things that I'm thinking and feeling right now. Um, you don't have to do anything with it. Just be more aware of it. That's that's the first step in in emotional intelligence is, is mindfulness, you know. And then what Craig talks about in his being awesome framework is this mindful empathy, you know, being mindful of the thoughts and feelings and the opinions of, not necessarily opinions, but the thoughts and feelings of other people. Because once we understand ourselves better, once we understand other people better, we naturally allow ourselves open for better lines of communication. You know, seek first to understand before being understood. Um, um, where else do I want to go with this? Yeah, get curious. The one thing that she talks about is, you know, courageously... No worries, Hayley. Thanks for... um. Thanks for joining. Um, but yeah, the, 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 here's the one thing, you know, courageous leadership. You know, there are going to be times, there, there'll, be, there'll be times in, in leadership where you just don't know how it's going to go. You're nervous. You don't know whether you can pull it off. You don't know the situations you're going to be facing. There's just so much uncertainty. And that just takes courage to show up and persevere. And you're going to learn, you know, you're never going to have the right answers. But if you're living your values then at least you can go to bed at night think, thinking I've done I've done it the way I want to do it. Yes, I didn't really hit the mark or achieve what we wanted to achieve, um, but I've learned. I've learned something and I'm moving forward and, and just knowing that that's leadership, you know, that is, you know, it, that is saying to those around you that, you know, they can, they can show up, they can, they can live the values, they can, um, be brave and share new ideas because here's the thing right any new thing in the world right started off as an idea and if you think that there are some environments right now where people do not feel brave enough to be able to share their ideas for fear of judgment now this is why that culture is so important for organizations because if you can create a culture that um, you know embraces vulnerability embraces in innovation or creativity and they embraces weird and wacky ideas and it has a culture that facilitates that growth they're going to exponentially grow quicker than a in an organization that isn't built to do that you know there's no surprise that google attracts and retains some of the best talent in the entire world it's because their culture exists to learn and grow and develop and it just makes sense you know and and actually, that's the gift of leadership. It's the gift of leadership, enabling people to feel like they come to work in a safe space that's values-based, purpose-driven, that we all belong, that we can all challenge each other to be better. We can all hold each other accountable in ways that are done with positivity and, in, and kindness and good intent. It's non-judgment. We show up as our best selves with our whole hearts at work. Um just sounds like a powerful place where I'd, I'd want to send my friends, family, loved ones, children to that type of environment, you know? Yeah, happy days. Um, how do I want to finish this book review? Oh, one last tip. Fear will always exist. Fear of the unknown, fear of the shit, don't quite know how this is going to work out, flying by the seat of your pants, living by your values, not quite sure how it's going to go breathe if you 
Just make a mental note, mental hands up right now if you've got 32 seconds in a day. Have you got 32 seconds in a day that you can put to one side for yourself? Because if you have, here's what I want you to start trying to do. Start trying to do and start... This is something that I have um, really started to develop mindfully uh, uh, in my working environment right now. Four seconds breathing in. Four seconds breathing out. Or hold it there for four seconds. Four seconds breathing out. Hold it there, four seconds. Okay, that's 16 seconds, and we're going to do that twice. You think you can do that with me right now? Ready? Yeah, there we go. Two goes of that already. I feel calmer. You know, this sense of calm in a shitstorm. Doesn't mean to say that this chaos ain't going on around us and the chaos ain't going on around in inside us. If you can just embrace the sense of calm. Let's do it one more time. I was worried then I'd count to five, not four. It's pretty tricky when I'm trying to breathe and count at the same time. But there you go. There we go, we've just taken out, what, 32 plus 16. So yeah, lots of seconds, but no minutes. You know, that's how simple it can be. Actually, I feel calmer. You can see and hear it in my voice. I just take on a different stance. That's the power of meditation. If you haven't got into meditation, start paying attention to your breath. Day one of 30, well done, Jess. I look forward to checking that out. Um... But yeah, this is the power of paying attention to your breath, you know. It creates a sense of mindfulness right where you are and it calms the body a little bit, you know. So if you've got 32 seconds a day, two runs of that, two deep breaths, four seconds in, hold it for four, out for four, hold it for four, go again. It's amazing how much of a difference. I um, can't say I've read every leadership book, but of all the leadership books I've read, it definitely goes in my top five Um Right behind Simon Sinek's Leaders Eat Last. Simon Sinek's Start With Why. Um, what else is in my top five? Jocko Willink's. Uh, Jocko Willink, something or other, has obviously left an impression on me. And Legacy um, by James Kerr. So those are my kind of top five at the moment. Brene Brown is, is easily in the top five. So yeah, hope that was useful. Have you got any questions for me? I'm trying to look at the comments as we go. Fear is my constant companion. And courage is to act in the presence of fear, not the absence of fear. So definitely. Sophie, values-based leader. Cool. There we go. Hope this is useful. Has anybody got a book that you've read that you'd want to do a um, a book review on? Because I'd love to know. Um, I've just winged it tonight. I've just shared what I found really interesting and um, you know, there's so much more in that book. I've just probably touched the surface um, of its potential hugely. If I just had to summarize it in one sentence, I think this book is the key to the sort of empathic, compassionate leadership that we need in our industry, in our world right now. It is going to develop the type of leaders that it's okay not to be okay. You know, that's one thing. But it's also 
okay to create that culture where it's okay for others not to be okay. It's also going to create that culture where people can show up as themselves, be the best versions of themselves, um, and to know that they don't need to be anything other than that. Um, and it will enable people to show up, love what they do, have tough, difficult conversations because that is what makes the world better, coming from the position of honesty and truthfulness because sometimes we just need to hear what we need to hear. And this is going to build the type of leader that I would work for, work with, support, and develop and nurture. So love it, going to buy it tonight. Well, I'm glad I inspired you. Bill, it's, um, how many pages is it? My judge of a good book is not by the number of pages, it's just more my attention span. 274 pages. Uh, could, how, it would have taken me a long time to read this book because um, actually I'm just so busy and, I, and I've been using audiobooks more effectively recently. So I've listened to that audiobook in about a week. So that's the power of audiobooks for me. Um, but it was so good, so beneficial that I bought this as a reference point because there's so much gold, so much value in it that when I'm um, doing workshops in the future to help develop courageous leaders, then I have the manual to refer back to. So that's it. That's all from me. Conscious I'm going on now. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for your time. I hope that you are all well. Join tomorrow night for um, Anna Sanborn's um mentor session it's all about coaching communication uh, or communication skills particularly for coaches um, but it will be it'll be relevant for anybody that wants to have better relationships with them themselves or other people so um yeah i look forward to you joy thank you for joining me tonight bill i'm gonna jump on a call with you in a minute my friend and we're gonna talk a little bit about your why wednesday this wednesday um so yeah that'll be fun that'll be cool zach my friend um so unless you've seen my Instagram story, um, I'm going to say it again because Zach's partner, Alice, was absolutely wetting herself over a joke that Corey told on my Instagram story. And it, it goes a bit like this. How do you get Pikachu on a bus? How do you get Pikachu on a bus? You Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant absolutely brilliant and laugh at my own jokes right <laughs> much love i appreciate you guys uh and i will speak to you soon thanks for your attention if there's anything that i've said tonight that that really resonated with you about the book drop it in the comments otherwise um yeah do share with me and the rest of the community something that you're learning this week doesn't have to be a, a 45 minute live it can be whatever you choose it to be so on that note Pikachu out. You you can claim that as your own bill. That's that's a free one from me. Cheers, Craig. Appreciate it, brother.